Hello, and welcome to What's Your Deal, hosted by me, Ariana Lenarski, the only musician slash comedian who reads tarot in Los Angeles. That's right, the only one. And we have with us today a very special guest, a star of the silver screen and stage and <laughs> cinema. Yes. Mr. Andy Richter. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank, thank you for you. being here. Sure. So you've been in Los Angeles for um, quite some time. Yeah. And have probably experienced lots of different elements of witchcraft. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, not really, you know. I, uh, um, not in my day-to-day -day life, you know. As, as, unless it's happening, you know, as subterfuge and I'm not aware of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So when you were growing up or anything like that, were either of your parents ever involved in kind of like spiritual activities? Did, were you raised in any kind of religious? Uh, we went to sort of vaguely Protestant uh, sorts of things, uh, you know, like whatever church was close to where we lived at the time. So it was, it could be, I think we were Lutheran and we were Congregationalist and maybe went to a Methodist church for a while, but it was all very vague. And now everybody's pretty pretty agnostic, mm -hmm. largely in reaction to um, to the Bible thumpers, as we right. as we say in Illinois. Um, but no, there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't a lot of kind of belief in the occult in or or you know. Practical Midwesterners, you know, they kind of, there wasn't a lot of kind of magical thinking or anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm somewhat of a skeptic, too, mm -hmm. of a lot of things. What I like about tarot and palmistry and things like that is that it is like, I mean, I don't know if it's channeling some sort of higher intelligence, but I, I like it even if it's just like the human mind's desire to make order and significance out of random objects being moved around. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's kind of interesting. Like a connection. Yeah, some yeah. Some kind of connection. Yeah, or, you know, it's, in a, it's a, a, a real need for some kind of meaning, for some sort mm -hmm. of um, significance. Mm -hmm. So, Even if it's coming from within. Yes, yes, yes. I think so. And how about the devil? Did the devil show up ever as like Protestant? I'm sorry for my own ignorance, but Protestants are kind of afraid of the devil, right? Is that like, a, or is that more Catholicism? Uh, I think it's more Catholicism. Uh -huh. um, my wife's from Louisiana and she was just there for a baptism and they had something, some kind of, the priest said, had some kind of oil. He said, now, he said, we put this oil on the baby's head because that way if the devil tries to grab him, he'll slip away. <laughs> you know, like in 2018, it was last year, there was actually a priest saying that this oil will prevent the death, which I sort of feel it, like. Was it hot oil? It was, I'm sure it was just like some kind of like a religious, okay. yeah, yeah, you know, how they mm -hmm. have the kind of scented oils mm -hmm. that they dab on things. And I also feel like that is not really giving the devil a lot of credit <laughs> if a tiny dab of oil is going to stop him from grabbing a baby. But no, and I mean, Protestant, I don't think there was, there wasn't like real solid belief in the devil, I, I, to my knowledge, you know. So what do you think was the, 
this is kind of an interesting question. What do you think is the most evil thing that you've come across? That's kind of like an maybe an intense question, but I'm curious if there was ever something that if you were going to You mean in my person like in my personal life or just in like I guess I would say what was the most um unexplainable magic you've seen and then maybe evil that you've seen? Oh, okay. That's kind of like that was weird. Well, the most magical thing, like I would, I would, I would love to see a ghost. I really would love to see a ghost. And I just, I never, you know, it just has never happened. And I've been in places that were supposedly haunted, you know, old hotels and, you know, a friend's old house and that they, like these friends say, they see ghosts all the time. And I never, I was there. I never, you know, like, where's the ghosts? <laughs> but I did. When I was a kid, I would have been about nine years old, and it was after my uh, grandfather died. And I was, it, it was within a, probably a month after he died. And I was at, at my grandma's house, um, and I was watching television. And my, grand, my grandpa called, he was, he was, uh, he, he was old, and uh, he used to call my grandma mommy. He would say, Mommy. Um, and I was watching television, and I was in the house alone, and I heard him say, Mommy, Mommy. And I said, She's at the store. And then I realized, He's dead, you know? Oh and then God. I went out and waited for her, and I went out in the yard and waited for her. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the closest wow, I've wow, ever wow, come. Wow, 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 wow. You know, I was so distracted by the TV that right. I didn't even think about it. Right, right. But evil? <laughs> I don't know. I mean. And I mostly mean like a feeling of dread that you were like, I should not go in here. Or oh, this, there's yeah. something happening here that's is not a good idea for me to. Mm. It's more of a vibey yeah, yeah. feeling. Gosh, I'm trying to think like. That really happened about your grandfather. I'm also just going to go ahead and say oh, okay. that that was real. That was him, yeah. I really think that Looking that, for there's, no, yeah, there's yeah. no way. There's yeah, no yeah. way that that would, I don't know. Sorry, yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. That, it, you know, uh, who knows? <laughs> you know, e the notion of evil to me is always just selfishness. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's, where, that's where lots of evil comes through. I mean, mental illness, but combined with like selfishness, because I think selfishness is, a you know, the, the source of most of the cruelty in the world. And um, so like when I think like what what evil do I know, I just I just have known people that are so profoundly selfish that they that they just act awful. Something know? gets like deeply corrupted. Yeah. In their yeah. behaviors. Right, like exactly. That. Well and then there's a lot of people too, you know, there's a lot of people that they just can't see the world through any lens other than their other than their own. Right. I mean, you know, and it's extreme. It's you know, borderline personality yeah. disorder. Like a really id-focused. Yeah, or just, just they can't. And I mean, there's actually, I have family members who sort of have like low-level versions of it. It's a kind of a narcissism. I mean, I, there are people in my family that are very narcissistic, but then there are others that have just this kind of benign thing where they just have a hard time they're a little tone deaf to human communication. Mm -hmm. or, you know, like it's just... The wall they, is all the way up. Yeah, they just kind of get things wrong a lot. Yeah, and they yeah. don't read the... Like the notion of reading the room is mm -hmm. just like it's not a language they understand. Right. And I've actually... And I actually have had family members who have gone through uh, 
some kind of behavioral therapy, which is kind of the way that a person like that can learn how, because they, they can only, they can only understand it in sort of a mathematical equation of this feeling begets this behavior. And then I get this reaction from that behavior from me. And I don't like that reaction. So let me try when I feel this to try another behavior, to switch the behaviors and see if I get the desired result. Because the notion of like what feels right is not something they can trust. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the notion of mental illness could be like a lot of what we think is evil. is Like the way it makes you feel... When you, you mean like feeling taken over by it, sort well, of? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, the way no, I mean the, the, the actions, the actions that are caused by it. Oh, I see. You know, because evil is not, like to me, evil, like you're saying it's a vibe. Like that's, to me, it's actions. To me, it's like right. the results of, of concrete actions. Right. So. So sometimes the detachment from reality causes acts that yes. are something if you were aligned, if you were aligned with something that you cared about, you wouldn't do. Right. Necessarily. Right. Got it. Got yeah. it. Very interesting. Uh, you know, have I, you ever had a tear reading before? You know, I, I feel like an amateur one. I feel like, okay. cause I know we used to have tarot cards when I was maybe a teenager. Uh-huh. And I, so I think maybe we would do. So sort you have of been do. close to tarot. Oh so yeah. yeah. You know what we did? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you but just I mean, blocked it all out. Right. 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 You know what? You're right. Oh, you know what? Now that you're, you're see, actually, yeah, of course. Now that I mention me. it, sure. Now that I mention <laughs> it, I've been around witchcraft my whole fucking life. You're sure. actually uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it was a deck of cards in a drawer. We weren't. Uh-huh. Um, I think, and I think that I, I may have gotten them. I may have gotten them when I was a kid because I was interested you in them. them. Oh, yeah, so you've I been think interested so. in witchcraft yeah, your whole you know, life. Now, now I'm not. That yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I also too. My grandmother had. She had. Now that I'm remembering. A deck of something called gypsy fortune telling cards. Uh-huh, I know exactly what you're talking you know, about. They're, they're like red. Kind right? of a, yeah, it's like in a yes. box mm-hmm. and just block letters. Yep. I know exactly. And what I don't, about. but I don't remember what they were. I think they were probably just some kind of tarot-ish yeah. thing. You know. Yeah. If I recall them correctly, they're a little more. They're a little more fraud, fraud-like. You sure. know what I mean? Like for, they're more for fun or for yeah, play yeah, yeah. or something like that. Right. Right. But that's my memory of it. Yeah. But you don't recall her ever like reading with them or anything? No, no, no. They just were in the drawer. My grandparents, you know, they were like bridge people. So there yeah, were cards. cards you, you, yeah, you open up a drawer, there's a deck of cards in it. And that was one of them. Did you start to ever get into cards? Did you have a cards phase or anything like that? I like playing cards yeah. a lot. Yeah. I don't play so much anymore. But yeah, when I was young, we I used to play a lot. And I've been through periods in my life where I played a lot. And I, I, and I mean, by cards, I like, I like rummy and I like, yeah. you know, those kind of games. We used to play Canasta when I was a kid, uh-huh. which is using two, it's is. two decks. It's a, you know, it's kind of a rummy-ish kind of game where you're trying to make melds, but you're using two decks. I don't need, you know, I, it's been so long. I, I would have to like read it. it's such a, another generation's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just think like old person. Right, no, right. No <laughs> well, Canasta, because you, you end up, you can end up having like 30 cards in your hand. They even have like, my grandparents had like canasta clips so that yeah. you, you know like it's like a chip clip but for your card for your canasta cards and but you bought your own tarot deck I yes I do I must have and I and I'm trying to think I bet you I probably bought them because mm-hmm. my parents were divorced when I was four and my dad lived in Bloomington Indiana or still does he's a uh, where my parents are from 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He or they went to school there. Uh, he's a yeah. He's a professor there, or was. He's retired, and I bet you I probably got him somewhere in Bloomington, just wow. because I, you know, I mean, our town was the town I grew up in, and it was Yorkville, Illinois, and it's not, you know. I don't think there was a lot of. I, I bet you it, you'd be hard pressed to find a place that could, would sell you tarot cards today, let alone mm. forty years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I bet you I got them in Bloomington. In with Bloomington, your dad. yeah, yeah. And how old were you? Think like a teenager? Probably 12, 13, 12 years in that old. neighborhood. Yeah. But never really touched them after that. No, not really. I think we played with you know, like we'd play with them yeah. and try them, and you know, like you sort of read. And who's the, we? Is it like your me, me and my me, brother, oh, okay, and okay. probably my mom, uh-huh. you know, um, but probably mostly me and my brother. Uh-huh. And, and did you I, ever try to be psychic? With anybody? No, I'm I'm very practical. See, I even shove out the the memories of of, of <laughs> times uh, that yes, you know you've of the mystical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, my my parents went to Bloomington, uh-huh. and then I was born in Kentucky. We moved to Kentucky, and then we moved to Illinois. And I oh, grew really? up in I was in Villa Park for a little while. Oh, okay. Basically, I don't, and I don't know. I moved here so soon after that that I don't know if there was like witchcraft or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So do you recall any other tarot readings that you've had? I don't. I do remember I do remember I had my poem read. My actually yeah. I can name drop. Um Jane Lynch <laughs> bought oh, me really? a poem reading because we she and I were were friend old friends from Chicago and we had, were in a show called The Real Live Brady Bunch that was basically just Brady Bunch episodes that we did live on stage with adult actors and she was Carol Brady, I was Mike Brady and the one that toured. At, you know, was in New York and in L.A. And she got it for me for my birthday, I think. And it probably would have been about 1992, 93-ish. Did you go alone? Yeah, I did. I went alone. You know, I hadn't been making a living as an actor in this little show that came from Chicago that, you know, sort of capture. It was just, it was very timely. You know, there right, was a right. 70s sort of yeah. nostalgia revival and people hadn't really started cannibalizing old <laughs> things like they do so readily now. Uh, so it was, you know, like we were doing it in Chicago and there was a story and Jill Soloway, uh-huh. who, uh, you know, from uh, Transparent, the creator of Transparent, was, she and her sister Faith created it. And actually along with it was inspired. Oh, wow. It was inspired by. I mean, created it. You know, had yeah. the idea to do it, and it was inspired actually by my wife's sister, uh, Becky Thayer, who is an actress. And that's. I mean, I know my wife because I was in the Chicago improv comedy scene, and Becky also was. And then that's how I met my wife. But Becky did an amazing Marsha Brady, and she would do it for them. And Jill and Faith one time said it would be great to just do these episodes because they. You know, they were ingrained on everyone's DNA. Um, and it it got, you know, it it blew up. We it, it was sold out all the time. And we took it to New York for about six months and brought it out here for about eight months. And that's sort of how I ended up in L.A. Because wow. I came out here. Yeah, because of this silly thing. And I had an agent. and Because I finished doing the Brady Bunch. And then there was like sort of a scary in between time where I was like back in Chicago sleeping on my mother's couch. And then I got the movie Cabin Boy. Um, so it was probably, it was right around that time when I did Cabin Boy. In fact, it, it could very well have been when I was out here shooting Cabin Boy. And I got the palm, my palm red and the woman looked at my hand 
and she was, I don't know the line, but she was like, whoa. She was like, get ready for a really big career because wow, wow, you're wow, going to wow. be famous. Wow, 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 wow. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. And um, and the other thing that I remember, I mean, I was struck by that. Uh -huh. And then, then. And were you like, oh, fuck, no? Or were you no, like, no. oh, yeah? I was like, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's because, okay. you you know, yeah, you when know. somebody says something nice to you, it's nice. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't, I wasn't banking on it yeah. or anything. And I mean. But and you I, didn't get like full body chills or no, anything No, like no, nothing like that. You know, I've always been confident in my ability. And especially when I came out here, like, yeah, I can do this. I can make a living at this. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hitch my dreams to a star. It was just like, no, it's an industry and it's a trade. And I, I, you know, I had done enough at that point and gotten enough positive feedback to feel like, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was kind of thrilling to hear that, but it was also kind of like, you know, I expected to at least, you know, not be on television for 25 years or whatever it's been, but, but I thought like, yeah, no, I think I can make a living at this. I can find somewhere in this industry to be whether, and even if it was an acting, you know, writing, you know, I mean, I was an improv performer. So um, there was that. And then the other thing that she said, she said, you just had a breakup. And my wife and I had like broken up for just a minute and then gotten back together and I don't remember what, it might've been before we broke up and we were having problems. And she's like, did you just have a breakup? And I was like, kind of like, well, not yet. But like I really said, I mean, we really did break up for like right. five minutes right, right. and then got married shortly right. thereafter. Just one of those things that happens. Um, so I, I was struck by that, that she, you know, that she was vibing that. Cause she didn't ask me any, you know, like, are you, are you seeing anyone or, you know, which would have been very forward of her, by the way. <laughs> and then the other thing she said, she said, your, she said, your life is going to just take a turn. Said you're, you're going to have a life on one track. And then she goes, and then it's just going to, at some point, she said, midway through your life, you're just going to go on a completely different track mm -hmm. from where you were prior. Um, Has that turn happened, do you think? Uh, it could possibly. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, uh, I never went back. I never got another palm reading. Mm -hmm. But I have kind of carried that one with me in sort of like, you know, let's see if my life does, like if there's some <laughs> big break and then I start on another track. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's always kind of been there in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you'd leave a positive Yelp review. Yes, going I to, certainly like, would. I would. Palmistry worth the time. <laughs> I mean, or you know, it, it, who knows? I can't. I can't endorse all palmists. Right. You know, but this random woman advice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to see if I can live up to her. Okay. We're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, we're going to read Andy Richter's tarot. Welcome back to What's Your Deal? We are sitting here today with Andy Richter about to read his tarot. So, Andy, what I'm going to have you do, mm -hmm. you're going to shuffle these cards. Okay. And think about something that you would like guidance about. In any way that I'd like. Shuffle them in, any way, them in like. any way that uh -huh. I'd like. Okay. And the question can be anything big or small. Okay. And as you do, um, share with me kind of what's on your mind and what you'd like guidance about. And Andy's shuffling the cards now as we speak. Yes, I am. I and I'm shuffling them Vegas style. I'm not. I'm shuffling them. <laughs> Which means like mushing yeah, around. Yeah, you in a just pile. make a big pile of them on the on the table. 
Um, guidance, I guess, you know, I'm 52 years old. I, and I do, I do feel like in, in many ways a crossroads in my life. And a big part of it involved uh, about a year ago uh, getting pretty undepressed after a whole wow. lifetime of being, you know, being functional. Obviously, you know, I had a job, I had kids, and, but I have phrased it as uh, an emotional limp. You know, just something that you it's you get used to. It's but and uh, through the combination of things, you know, uh, and I mean, Wellbutrin. Uh, I, I had been on, I had been on, I had been on another medication, and it, it just kind of stopped working. Um, and it like seepage. It just sort of. I was kind of back to feeling like, well, I guess I'll just never enjoy anything right. ever again. And, and you could tell it was like gradual. This was like a gradual thing that was. Yeah, but it was happening. so gradual, and I, and even though I've been in a gazillion hours of therapy, and I've been on antidepressants for a million years, I still didn't think, hey, maybe it's the pills. Maybe the pills are not working. <laughs> right. I think because it was slow, so slow and so gradual, that I just sort of it became like, well, this is my lot in life. I'm handicapped in this particular way, but I'm not. And, and I don't know whether it's a, I, you know, I got a new doctor who was very helpful. I redoubled my efforts at therapy, at the Talking Cure, which I, um, which is, which is like, if we want to talk about spirituality and things, psychotherapy for me is, is the, uh, it, it functions like religion in my life right. in that it, it gives me a sense of progress and a mm -hmm. sense of purpose and a sense of control yeah. Um, and, and without which I would be lost. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I should have known. Repetitive ritualistic. Yes. Returning to yes, the same space. Exactly. And, and always, yeah. And believing in it. Yeah. Believing in it, you know, believing and in when the you process. Say it, do you mean the, the process, the process. And by that, is that like creating a narrative with somebody else it's largely it's it's a guided it's a guided tour of yourself but a very a very with a very light touch is, is kind of what like my therapist <laughs> but you get is, to tell the, but you get to tell you, the story yes. with someone who maybe is it's it's purely verbalizing it's purely yeah. like verbalizing things that you that you sit there and you feel all day every day and then you speak it and it in some ways you, you know things that have holds on you dissipate right Things that stymie you all of a sudden are clear, you know, in varying degrees. But you have to believe in it. And you have to believe that, like, um, you also have to be brave. You also have to, oh, yeah. like, open every drawer of every ugly thing that's in there and get in there and root around. That change has made me, has affected other changes, too. Has it, you know, has made me kind of reevaluate priorities and things and um in a more active light absolutely in a very much more active light uh, way of like being less reactive and less kind of like you know what do other people want and more kind of like well what do i want yeah. you know um because for um, a good portion of my life you know i'm i'm a talk show sidekick very almost in an engineered kind of way because i was I don't want to get too much into it, but raised in a way where uh, 
caretaking came very naturally to me and it was encouraged mm -hmm. when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And then I think that as my life went on, it became a way to not have to answer the questions of like, what do I want? What, what am I here for? Mm -hmm. What, uh, because there were always louder voices cutting in line before I could, I could decide anything. That's really interesting to me because I remember when – I remember thinking about you one time and thinking – actually, it was when I began to read tarot because they have a bunch of different archetypes. Mm -hmm. And I thought um, – I, I think it was like – I don't know. It was like on Twitter or something like that. And maybe we were like chit-chatting or something. But that's how Andy and I know each other. Yes, from we're Twitter pals. <laughs> we're Twitter pals. Yeah. But I remember thinking, Wow. Andy is one of the only people I know that embodies an archetype, and that is the archetype of friend. Oh. And I never – and it was like that's so such an ancient thing to do. Like it oh. seems so like – because I remember the way that we started talking. I think you just like commented on something that I said, and it was so natural. It was like yeah. a very – it was a very natural thing. And I thought this – Andy is embodying an archetype because if Andy talks to you, you are friends because Andy is the friend archetype. He is the best friend, which, of course, is what you're saying where it's yeah. like, you know, being – on some ways, it's like being typecast. Yes. Um, but in other ways, it's like this kind of miracle because it's like showing everyone that they're not alone in the world. Like oh. you are like one of the only people that lives a life where if – if you're around, if someone isn't alone, oh. which, you know, is like, of this course. Is really lovely stuff <laughs> I you're mean, saying. well, it's true. I'm okay, not, I swear I'm, I'm not, you know, you're an asshole, but I'm like, <laughs> all, you know, I'm like, I'm just buttering you up. But, um, of course, unfortunately, there's the whole codependent thing that comes along with that yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of no, I, and that's a, that's a balance that needs to be, I, I do believe, like, like I say, I said selfishness. I, I'm I, I'm I'm pretty. I'm a very open person, but I'm but I'm strict in certain things. Right. I'm strict about kindness. I'm strict right. about selfishness. Um, I'm strict about fairness, and uh, and I I I, I very much uh, judge selfishness. Yeah unkindness and unfairness mm -hmm. and um uh, but i there is that kind of moment of i believe in being othered you know and being like other centered i think that yeah. it's i think that you know so many of the most beautiful lives in history were people that were othered in some way but then as you get older you realize most of those most of those martyrs are really totally into their own trip you know oh really? I mean? Oh, who are you talking about? I mean, I mean no, <laughs> but I just mean. I, don't know. I mean, I mean, like, I just <laughs> like know it from people in my life. Like, uh, like I know, I know some Catholics in my life that are oh, like Catholic. so okay. selfless, right. so oh, selfless. I see what you're about. Of course, yeah. But, but it's like, it's like I'm so selfless and I'm so humble and I don't deserve anything. And doesn't that make me the greatest right. person on earth? Well, you know, that's how they get all their meaning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's personal for me too. Of just people who. Like, yeah, yeah. Are, are wrapped up in yes. give, giving so much that they, they don't exist without you. Yes. Quote. Yes. So, yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's the danger. Wave. That's the danger. You yeah. gotta, you gotta take care of yourself, but I yeah. do still think that the, that the, 
the real meaning is in life is what you do with and for other people. And that is, it's so interesting because it's just obvious in how you come across in media and everything. It's oh, thank like, you. So it's very interesting to me. There's an archetype called the wounded healer who is Chiron and was like a centaur mm -hmm. or something like that. Have you ever heard of this? I have heard of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what that reminds me of. of yeah. He was able to heal others by understanding his, his own, own wounds. Wound. Yeah. 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 That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously goes along with comedians being like, I am Pagliacci. <laughs> right. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do. Okay. And oh, I guess I didn't. Did you vocalize the question? Just you're at, you said you're at a crossroads. What's next? Yes. That that's, okay. I think that that, yeah. Okay. And I also too, I mean, I want the cards to be more specific than I am. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Uh, you know. <laughs> Andy like pointed. At the cards. Accusatory. Yeah. Accusatory Come on, cards, cards. Give it up. So what I'll have you do is cut this deck three times with your left hand. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do is draw a Celtic cross. It's going to be 10 cards that come okay. up. Okay. First card is the Eight of Cups, Seven of Cups, crossed by the Magician. We have the Three of Wands. We have the Reverse Devil. We have the Knight of Pentacles. We have Reverse Justice. We have the Ten of Pentacles. The Empress. The Seven of Wands. And finally, the Four of Wands. Beautiful spread. I love it. Good. Okay. So at the heart of the matter is the seven of cups, which shows this figure who's a dark silhouette against these seven floating cups that are full of wonders mm -hmm. against a gray cloud. This is a card that comes up when you sometimes have so many options before you, you get completely paralyzed oh. and can't make a decision. Some people view it as like feeling lazy and not wanting to do the work they have to do or something like that. Other people just feel like overwhelmed by what's next, which is somewhat what we're talking about, about yeah. crossroads, right? The, the, yeah, no, the fact that to me, what, what, what would be more <laughs> apt is if the cups were behind the cloud. Huh, why so? Because you, oh, you don't know what they are. Because I don't know what they are. Interesting. You know? Well, you know, look at them. Do you know what these are anyway? The pictures, of, the pictures are very strange. Uh, the, of the things coming out of the cups. Uh, one looks like a kind of a right? little monster. <laughs> uh, one is a laurel wreath, which I I don't know. Is that sort of like godliness? Like, it's hard to say. Yeah, because the Greeks. Uh, and then it looks like jewels. Right. It's. I mean, it's it's your a dreams. Woman, a it's woman's head. A woman's head. Who looks, she looks very placid. Yeah, yeah. Little snake who might be the snake. From a little Adam snake, yeah, something. and then a, and then a a cloaked person. A cloaked, yes, a cloaked person. Is the clo now is is the cloaked person supposed to represent something, or is it supposed to be what my? Here, this guy. Yeah, yeah. There, um, everything in the cups is meant to be somewhat confusing. So okay. it's sort of what you're saying of like I don't know what these things are. I see. Like I can't understand them. And then the silhouetted figure, and from our perspective, we're just seeing his back with his hand raised, of sort of like what the yeah, hell. Yeah. That's supposed to represent that you of like, what? You know, it's, right. a, it's a somewhat dreamy, hmm, like my imagination is in play and all these things. Are now, in, in other tarot decks, were those, what would be in the cups be similar? Or probably is that, similar. Okay, yes. I see. Um, they probably each have representations, but the main vibe is like, oh, what could it be? Right. It's very like Aladdin, like have some of column one or whatever, whatever that <laughs> got is. Got it, it's got like it. That. And then it's crossed by the magician. 
So these cards are both at the heart of the matter. What this is is like the deck reframing your question a little bit in its own language. So the first card coming down is like, oh my gosh, so many options. I don't even quite know what they are. Mm -hmm. The Magician is about the most active and aware card in the deck. This is about total active consciousness and its masculinity in the most stereotypical outward electric active manner. Um, doesn't necessarily mean men. It's just like the masculine ideal. Yeah. He has all of the suits on his table with him, which is like a pentacle, a cup, a sword, a wand. He's raising his wand towards heaven and he's pointing down towards the earth saying, I get all my power from this kind of like spiritual feeling or mm -hmm. I, it is not from me, which is kind of goes along with what you're saying. Right, about, right. Like, it also f makes me feel like he is the conduit. Like he is. That's it. He's Yeah, yeah he's the conduit between heaven and earth. That's exactly what this card is. Yeah. Um, so when the magician appears, he's ready to do it and do it now. He he knows what the uh, consequences might be of his actions, and he's excited to make something out of nothing. Um, so it's interesting at the heart because that shows that on the one hand, things are confusing. You don't quite know what they are. On the other hand, there's no one better to act once you know what that might look like. Good. Do you know what I mean? But So that's really nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really great. It's just it's an interesting um, combination of not knowing and no and conscious direct knowing right, at right. the same time, which is no. It's yeah, really interesting. Well, and that's uh, you know I like the notion of that like readiness and openness combined. That mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. One much more active than this. This one's much more passive and like. <sighs> but, yeah. So it's nice to see that there of like you're ready to cut through the fog whenever that makes sense to you. Great. Reverse devil in the past position. So actually, this is a lot of letting go of codependence. It's a lot of letting go of what we were talking about mm -hmm. of, quote, evils. The And to me, the devil represents bondage. You can see that he has these two figures chained to him. Mm -hmm. What we see on the card is a giant devil with bat wings and like a pentagram etched on his forehead. And he mocks the magician. So you see how his hand is raised up yeah, yeah. and down. Um, and his is much more, um, he has his wand pointing towards the ground. The devil's always about like, no, I'm not a conduit of God. I am the conduit of the material world. I see. There is nothing but the material world. You know, he's the ultimate materialism dude. Mm -hmm. He's also the card that comes along and tells you the lie of like, you're not whole. You are broken in some way. Hmm. And you can only fill it with addiction. You are your mental illness. You are your codependent narcissistic yeah, yeah. whatever it is you're defined by your weaknesses you're defined by your weaknesses and they're never gonna go away yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it yeah, and you yeah. should be afraid yeah and that's his whole deal now what the significance of it being in reverse when it's in reverse it's very much emphasizing like letting all of that go okay so it's in the not only is it in the past position but it's reversed so it's the chains falling off of the necks of the people there yes which were already loose anyway which is always the joke with the devil is like their chains are loose around their necks. They, they could take them off at any time. And that is the That's essence. A nice detail. It's great. It's like yeah. the essence of fear itself is like, just ignore it. Right. It's not right. real. It's yep. a lie. You can be free if you want. Yes. So that's great. That's in the past position. In the present position, I'm sorry, this is like the conscious. This is your conscious self. This is the goals that you have. This is the... Um, things you might talk about with your friends or your family that you already know. The three of wands shows a figure that's looking off into the distance and he's leaning on three wands 
he seems to be gazing across a long distance. So this guy is um, the mature version of this other card called the Fool, who just walks off a he just walks off a cliff, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What could go wrong?" Right. And like he's he thinks that he's he's just so naive, you know. Yeah. Something. And you're at a place now where you're like, I know exactly what could go wrong. Like, I'm quite wizened to that, actually. Yeah. So I know that this next adventure that I go on, I'm, I'm going to have to keep my vision really strong because I yep. know the pitfalls that could happen. Um, and he does have a very long eye. So you're, you're, it's, a really nice, it's a really nice card to see because it's an awareness of leadership. It's, aware, it's kind of similar to the magician. Knowing that as you act, you're going to, things are going to f- fall into place and people may follow mm-hmm. essentially. Um, but it can be hard to be a leader because people want to throw a lot of different things in your way that might quote, try to distract you or something like that. Sure. But you're keeping your main, you're keeping your eye on the future. This is the unconscious position. This is what might be lying latent more of the root of the matter. This is more like something that's not yet been revealed to you the knight of pentacles the knight of pentacles which shows a knight sitting on a black horse he's holding his pentacle in his hand this is the very slowest knight all knights are really obsessed with their suit pentacles is all about the material world it's not like materialism like the devil it's more like food money your house yeah and what it deeply implies conceptually is the notion of trust which is the found, which is what you need for any foundation, physical, emotional, or otherwise, mm-hmm. is the concept of trust. He's very slow because he's so obsessed with this idea of trust that he wants to go piece by piece, cautiously, patiently, and he's very persistent. Mm-hmm. He's a persistent slow knight that wants to put down every brick. Since he's so obsessed, sometimes he's out of balance. He's mm-hmm. not looking at anybody else. He cannot be distracted from his goal. It's like a stubbornness almost of Mm -hmm. like wanting to do it my way because if we do it the other way, things are going to fall apart. And the significance of it being in the subconscious? Is that it's it's just more latent. Maybe it hasn't been said necessarily that this is – while this is a more – wands are always like more active, more energetic, more fiery. Mm -hmm. This is a little more – this is a little more grounded. Yeah. Pentacles represent your feet and the earth. Yeah. Whereas this is more like um, fire and the groin, like cre- oh. creativity, if that makes sense. Sure. And that's more like the ground beneath my feet. Right. So there may be – to me, these kind of match up pretty well. It's sort of like if <laughs> – it seems fine to me. Like if this is your conscious desire or creative active and the unconsciousness is like going step by step, that seems good to me. Yeah. You know, you have to decide for yourself. Usually with the knight, you have to decide if he's helping you or if he's hurting you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what that's about. In the future position is reverse justice. Could there, could there also oh, yeah, be ahead. like in the, in the subconscious and this kind of plodding? Is, that, <laughs> is it sort of, you know, could there be, is that is it a regret, you know? Is Sometimes. It, yeah, yeah. Is it like, you know. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's coming from a place of like, I don't want to do it like that again. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Or is it there does. something else that's... No, no, no. That, that makes sense. Yeah. He can't be rushed, which can either be amazing or infuriating. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's yep. up to you <laughs> yep. to decide if that's good or bad in your situation. Reverse justice is really interesting to have in a future position. Future. Future. When justice is upright, it's about getting, uh, knowing that actions have consequences, needing to wrap up stuff, especially like legal matters and mm-hmm. things like that. 
But it's also just about knowing that whatever you've done in the past is going to affect you in the future. It's just how time and space work. Yeah. Um, when it's reversed, it can mean one of two things. It could either be that something is kind of coming into being and you're going to have to deal with a matter that's very much like this domino fell and I'll have to deal with this now. That makes sense. Uh -huh. um, or it could be something related to something that you have to do to wrap up to make sure that things are, quote, just before you can move forward. Yeah. And I can't necessarily go in your head and know what that might right, look right. like, but it can be anything it can be anything related to where you're like, ugh, I don't want to do that. It's like, but you got it. It's like paying your taxes, yes. essentially. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it could, might as well, it may well be paying your taxes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so how to, so this will be the energy that's coming. In any case, the energy of justice is going to be flowing into your life. And um, what's very important with this card is to feel like you have an understanding of how all these things make sense. Mm -hmm. Um so we're going to move up the staff to see how that will work with you. The Ten of Pentacles is representing you. This is like having more than enough. This is like, you know, this is overabundance of the material world. Yes, it can be money or it can mean like your house or your jobs or your family. Anything. It's like a full card full of people, full of pentacles, full of your life. Um, and, but it could be also, you know, stresses and obligations. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's deep, deep, deep um, yeah. foundational, uh, frozen. Yeah. <laughs> it's oftentimes even a conservative mindset because you're like, well, uh, sometimes this card will come up when you're so well. I mean, when you when you g gain a lot of material wealth, you don't want to lose it. Yeah. And a lot of times, you just don't want things to change, right. which is conservatism. Which is not you necessarily, but right. that happens when you get older. And no, no, the, the obligations. Yep. That's. I mean, that's what it says to me. Yes. And I mean, I have a complicated life. I have. Yeah. A, I have a lot of obligations. Yeah. A lot of people relying on me. A lot of things I have to do. You know. Yeah. Not like a to do list. I mean, an ongoing. You know, right. like. Yeah, it's being. I always like to say. <laughs> I always been thought of the laying track for a train that's coming, you know, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's like, literally what that is. Yeah. The Knight of Pentacles is by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. That's what that is. Well, what's interesting though about this card too is usually tends to represent the end of cycles. So you may feel a difference soon. Mm -hmm. Like in some, on some level you may know, like, it's not like these obligations are coming to an end, but something new might unfold mm -hmm. in this world. If that makes sense. It's not Absolutely. going to be quite like this forever. Absolutely. And your environment is the Empress. This is a, I mean, to me, this says that the world is your, is open to you utterly. This is like a very fertile card. This is a card of anything you plant is going to instantly grow. Oftentimes it's the card of pregnancy hmm. and it's very much, it shows a woman in, with a beautiful crown of stars and she's lying in her garden and it's the chaos of nature and of in general um, soil that will just like if you plant one seed it's going to grow like a yep. humongous garden yep. and tree which yeah, is great the, the, I mean, yeah the life force is uh, is wonderful but a life force is also kind of relentless oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah she's super emotional she never it's chaos yeah which is wonderful right but a lot of times the, em the emperor isn't in this red here but the, you know the emperor has to come along and make order out of this chaos so there's chaos in front of you it's all very fertile Mm -hmm. but it's also chaos, right? you know? 
So this card represents your hopes and fears. Um, this is the Seven of Wands. I often, since hopes and fears are sometimes the same thing, I often think of this as the advice from the deck as you're moving forward into the future energy, which is going to be reverse justice or justice in some manner. Mm -hmm. The Seven of Wands shows a figure. He's standing on his hill here, and he is holding a wand. He has a fierce face, and he seems to have the upper hand on his enemies. Mm -hmm. He's waving his wand like he's going to smack them. Um, so... On the one hand, this is very much about standing up for yourself. It's about saying no. It's about being like, I know it's having conviction and my this is what I believe and I'm going to do what I believe to be right. But what's also interesting with this card is you cannot see the people that he's fighting. Mm -hmm. So it's not clear if he's fighting himself or not. I see. So there is an element here of letting down – not necessarily letting down your defenses, but knowing if each battle that you're fighting is necessary at all mm -hmm. or if you're fighting yourself. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, aligns well with as a spirit of justice comes into your life, what is it – is the battle at hand about the present moment or is it about something else that you really don't need to be fighting? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. The overall outcome is very positive. This is And that's my future. That's This the, is the yeah. hopes and fears. Hopes and fears. So yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah. hope to overcome. To, well, also to stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You hope to stand up for yourself and say no and to and to be like this is who yeah. I am. This is what I believe in. Um a lot of times with this card whenever we do that, we say no and we mm -hmm. harden, the other person hardens where they're at too. And like that's, and then you fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you might be preparing for that. Like I'm ready to fight. Yep. Um, and the fear might be fighting. Hope you hope to fight. You fear fighting. Mm -hmm. And then the the little secret message is like, well, you don't have to fight yourself. Remember that. Yeah. Um, but the overall outcome is very positive. It's the Four of Wands. It almost looks like a Jewish chuppah. Yeah, it does. Uh, it looks a, like a, a wedding. There's bower. a wedding. There's two people underneath, far in the distance, who are raising their bouquets and joy this shows that this is the overall outcome of the spread this comments on the whole spread and it tells you that you're really reaching a time in your life that's like a celebration this crossroads is actually a celebration for you this okay. is a, actually a time of extreme joy in many ways mm -hmm. despite the obligations despite knowing you're going to mm -hmm. despite the chaos despite knowing you're going to move forward this is a temporary time to celebrate a permanent change in your life and it's very important to uh, acknowledge how exciting that is. Oftentimes mm -hmm. it's like a graduation, a wedding, a funeral, any little time that's like things are different forever now. Yeah, yeah. You know, congratulations, you can never go back. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's like the heart of this of this card, building the first block for your future, your creative creative future, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's very positive. In my opinion. Awesome. <laughs> uh, this is, and magic's this, not real and this is bullshit. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to say this is kind of actually freaking me out. Amazing. That's all I could have ever hoped for in my yeah. whole life. And he's like backing away from me slowly. No, 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 no. I, I, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. And I mean, it's like it's a, it's a nice story you just told me. And it's a nice story that I'm looking at, and it's a hopeful one, so it's great. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's witchcraft. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was sure. so interesting to me. 
Um, Thank you. I personally do. I know this might sound crazy, but I do personally believe you're a witch. Like, I hope that's cool with you. It's, okay. I, even you're like, I'm a skeptic. There's like a part of me that's like, no, you're not. Like, all you right. know magic exists. You use it all the time. I'm. Can I call you out? I think you know magic exists. I think you use it all the time. I might I not know what is magic, though. Oh my. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, no, I, yeah, yeah, it yeah, might. Yeah. I might be because I might be thinking that it's the mind. I believe like so many okay. things are the manifestation of the mind, sure. and it might be magic. It might. Be, you know, it might be like. Uh, trusting in love or trusting in fate yes. or trusting that, yes, in yes. like, you know. Um, so you trust But I like, love. I mean, I definitely, this. So you are, you do. This, yeah, this is the first podcast that will make me uh, reconsider my relationship with magic. And I will, I will, I'll think about it. And um, to me, it's obvious. Like, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm also steeped in it. I'm, right, I'm right. a professional tarot reader, so right, I'm like right. steeped in it. Of course. But there's a premise like, yeah, Andy Richter is a magic witch who... <laughs> like uses follows love and connection yeah. to make things happen. Nah, and he knows I'd, it. I'd put that on my resume. <laughs> you know, in addition to horseback riding as a special skill. Yeah, say magician. People will get it if you say I don't magician. care. Which is fine. <laughs> which is I'll say fine. Which. Yeah, yeah. Um Well thank you so you're much. You're so Ariana. welcome. Thank you. This was this uh, was uh more than fun. It was oh. it was neat. This has been What's Your Deal? Be sure to subscribe, review, and rate wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Ariana Lenarski, and we'll see you next time.